Welcome to the Expeditioners Podcast, where we speak with the folks who are leading the way in IT and security. I'm your host, Zach Wasserman, CTO of Fleet and co-creator of OS Query. Now, on with the expedition. Hello and welcome to the show. We're here today and tomorrow actually in Australia with Marcus Ransom, sales engineer at Jamf and one of the hosts of the Mac Admins Podcast. So glad to have you on today, Marcus. Yeah, yeah, greetings from the future. <laughs> welcome, welcome. Uh, and Marcus, we we often like to start the show with uh, the question of what's your story? You know, you, I know that you've been in the Mac IT world for quite a long time, and I'd love to learn from you, you know, how'd you get into it and how'd you get to where you are today? Well, this this is a, it's interesting to be asked this question because normally, you know, on the Mac Admins podcast, we love asking the same same question as well. So it's it's kind of weird to be, rather than just me living upside down in Australia, it's nice to be having the the, the discussion in in reverse. So thanks for, thanks for, for flipping it over. But um, yeah, it's, uh, I suppose the best way to describe it is I, I accidentally fell into being a Mac admin. You know, I still have this feeling of, you know, imposter syndrome and fraud in a way because I'm, I was a user. I was a frustrated user. Um, my background was I was an industrial designer. That was my first career um, designing museums, um, exhibition stands, those sorts of things, um, and a Mac user in those environments. And um, every time the tech support came in, which in the companies I worked for were primarily Windows organisations with the design team having Macs, it's like, I can't print, um, I can't access the file server, email stopped working, um, the IT folks are in the building, aren't they? Um, and that sort of frustration of being um, overlooked or not considered in any upgrades, it was like, right, I'm, I've had enough of this, I'm going to work out how all of this works. And one of the studios I worked for decided to, you know, had grown to the stage where we had our own, you know, great warehouse in the inner city with the design studio. Hey, we'll build our own infrastructure. You need to learn how to build X serves and all of those sorts of things. And then that realization where I kind of liked the part of my job I wasn't getting paid for a lot more than the part that I was. Um, and then that led to walking the plank and working on the genius bar at Apple retail. So, you know, going into my boss and say, Hey, I'm leaving. Um, oh, what are they offering you? We'll match it. It's like, I'm actually taking a 50% pay cut to, um, get out of this. Um, and that was, that was a, a really good experience for me. Um, I'd really struggled at that stage. I mean, looking, trying to break into Mac admin roles, but it really struggled because that was not my job. They could see I had some experience, but no real work history doing it. Um, funnily enough, a year on the Genius Bar at Apple was what led me to then picking up a job, um, which is funny because I learned how to swap phones that had been in the toilet, but um, not not so much of the technical stuff. But what it did teach me, which I really loved, was this idea of listening to people and understanding trying to understand what the, what the problem actually was, which most people in tech would know is, is not what they're saying. They will be talking about symptoms or feelings um, or opinions and then trying to, you know, understand, you know, sometimes the problem isn't a technical one. Sometimes the problem's more psychology. Um, and so that led to 
working at a school um, that had decided in the days of the iPad 2 to go one-to-one iPad. Um, they thought coming from the Genius Bar, I'd know how to manage iPads. The the joke was nobody knew how to manage iPads in those days. So um, I had as much experience as anybody. And um, that was my introduction to the wonderful new horizons of MDM. Um, and so, you know, a couple of years there getting to, you know, the days before volume purchasing, the days before DEP, um, introduction of Apple TVs. From there, I went on to a university, um, you know, where I really got to sort of experience, you know, the joys of large organisations and, um, you know, it got to, you know, relive all of my chops in the design industry with all of the problems they were trying to solve in the colleges teaching design, but then also audio engineering and science engineering or health, all of those sorts of things. Um, and then at the end of that, it was sort of when the opportunity to sort of break into consulting came out. And so worked for I think five or six years in consulting in various companies, being a Jamf integrator, um, setting up other people's environments, um, getting to see a lot of breadth of different ways of doing things, different approaches to things, um, people on different stages of their journey to understand um, how they can do things, you know, um, the ongoing battle with organisations not wanting to open up their firewall for traffic, thinking they can have these isolated air-gapped environments because that's secure um, and, you know, learning how to negotiate with SISOs and network engineers to try and um, get them to see the new exciting ways of doing things. And and then about a year and a half ago, an opportunity came up at Jamf and I'd, you know, been working with Jamf for many, many years. And, um, you know, it was a, a really exciting opportunity to come on board sort of at the coalface at Jamf, um, funnily enough, working mostly with the same people in the same companies I've been working with for years, um, say with a different shirt on, but the, the reality is I was wearing a lot of Jamf t-shirts before. So it was um, kind of just doing the same sort of thing, but I'm really sort of enjoying the fact that I'm now um, directly within um, the vendor um, and getting to work really closely with Apple as well. And, um, you know, really see firsthand the, the sort of the changes that are going on in the Apple space at the moment. And, um, you know, that's what really excites me, um, seeing the the directions Apple is going in and what opportunities as, as really the evolved, frustrated user that I am, um, seeing what sort of opportunities that that brings for the people actually using these computers. So I suppose that's, that's how I got here. Um, yeah, and Marcus, that's, that it is such a classic story, I think, of a, of a Mac admin, like you tick so many of the boxes. You worked in Apple retail, you worked in education and in K to 12 education and in higher education, you worked in consulting, like you've worked for the vendor now, like you've really seen so many different faces of this industry. And especially over all these years, you've probably seen an incredible amount of change in the way that this kind of work has been done. Like. Any, do you have any thoughts about, you know, characterizing what, how things have changed from the time when you started doing this up till now? Look, probably, probably the biggest one is 
things seemed, you know, it's, it's easy to look back and go, oh, things were so much easier before. But one of the reasons they were easier or, or simpler is because the Macs and iPads, iPhones, all of the Apple ecosystem kind of didn't integrate um, because it was so different and because the rest of the IT ecosystem was sort of set in their ways, you were always this little island off to the side that, you know, were doing your own thing. And it was kind of, that was kind of great in a way because you didn't need to get involved in a lot of the politics and silos and everything that was going on. But nowadays, you know, Apple devices integrate with everything. Um, all of the things where it's like, oh, yeah, that doesn't work. I oh, no, can't do that. So now, you know, you also need to get involved in identity, security. Um, you know, it's not just the people in marketing or design or developers that are using Apple devices. It's it's everyone. And, you know, it can be overwhelming um, needing to be across so many different things. But at the same time, I think, see that as a positive, that it's actually really exciting. There's so many new things to understand. And and especially for the Mac admin, if you can get just a little bit of knowledge and a little bit of experience and a little bit of competency in all of these areas, um, it opens up so much opportunity. Like to see um, Mac admins going from the, you know, the person that sat in the dark room in the basement that, you know, everyone sort of lowered their voice as they walked past because, oh, that's where the Apple people are, to now, you know, getting a seat at the table and being very much in demand from organisations. If you're somebody who understands how to integrate Apple devices well, um, you know, people are prepared to, you know, people really value that. So that that's probably the thing, the thing that I've seen is, you know, we can focus on the the technical evolution, sort of MDM, declarative MDM, imaging, automated enrolment, those sorts of things. But I think broadly, it's really just becoming that first class citizen and, and starting to drive technology is the bit that I really see and enjoy. Wow, yeah. And that's the image to me of kind of the basement to the boardroom uh, really resonates. Like these days, you know, the exec teams at most organizations are going to be demanding their their iPads and, and their yeah. MacBooks and that kind of thing. And so I think it really has led to kind of a, a professionalization of Mac IT. And of course, like you said, the, the technologies have evolved along with that. And so I, I'm really curious to hear, you know, you, you mentioned you mentioned frustrations. I'd love to hear, you know, what are kind of the challenges, but also the opportunities that you're seeing as you talk to um, Mac IT folks at a number of different organizations from your role? Um, trying to integrate all of these various things and try to do it well, I think, is the is the real challenge. Um, you know, it's something that's always driven driven me from a design perspective. Is the end user is the person that has to use these things. You can design something from from an engineer's perspective in the back end, but if the if the end user can't work out how to drive this thing or it's actually slowing them down, then you know, why, why are you bothering? Um, you know, like all, all of the total cost of ownership arguments about the Mac um, rely on the user being able to have that 
familiarity with the operating system and the ecosystem the way Apple's designed it. And if you're fighting against that the whole time, um, you're not going to achieve what people want. Um, I remember when I first started looking at moving into consulting, an opportunity came up to to go and work with, you know, a large enterprise company that wanted to roll out um, Mac as choice because all the users have been demanding Macs. Um, and they're like, all right, we need to offer this. And then started talking to them and they'd worked out that it was actually going to be really easy. All we needed to do is deploy Citrix workspace to these Macs and then they can have their Mac and they can use our corporate environment. And it was like, I, I don't think that's what they're asking for when they say they want to use a Mac. They really don't want to be using Windows 7, but on this shiny new MacBook Air or MacBook Pro. Um, and... You know, and that for me, that was a decision that, like, no, I don't want that job. That sounds like the worst possible thing I could be, I could be doing. So, you know, trying to help people understand, it's not just about ticking a box to say we've given you Apple hardware, therefore you've got the Mac experience, but how to actually understand the direction Apple is going in, um, the direction a lot of the tools and platforms we use, like Jamf, for example, um, Fleet. All, all of these other tools that are taking this modern dynamic approach and to help organisations embrace that way of doing things but in a way that works within their environment. So I think, you know, that that's it's a challenge but it's also lots of fun getting people to break free of the, the old legacy mindsets. As I was saying, about, you know, the, the block everything at the network level, TLS inspection on everything because somehow that makes it more secure um, and, and realising that in, 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 in the modern world, so many of the things, so many of the legacy workflows that they were doing for reason A actually no longer achieve reason A and they're sometimes doing the exact opposite of it. So, you know, that, that sort of taking people on journeys um, and seeing that moment where the penny drops but also um, seeing the joy of success when they've decided to stick their neck out and have those arguments in the, the boardroom level or change control or security to say, no, no, we need to do this. But then to see the end result, um, you know, where, you know, he hearing from one one boss where, you know, if we, if we build this environment the way you, you say we should, that's going to be a real problem because now everybody's going to want a Mac because you're building an environment that gives them everything they want. It's like, is that really a problem or is that good? Um, so, yeah, I mean, wow. The, the idea that someone is, is thinking if we give people everything that they want, like what will we have to do next? I, I, I think it's great that, that there is a possibility to give people what they want and there's yeah. more of a, a culture I think heading towards enabling people you know IT departments enabling people with the technology that they want to use to be productive and enjoy their work time do you see you know are you seeing more of that kind of cooperation and more of that understanding from uh, you know the boardroom and and the and the management in terms of the, the folks that you're working with oh absolutely um you know various various degrees of where they are on that journey but it's it's very much the discussion has moved from we have these macs that 
we thought we didn't have, but it turns out we've actually got these 20 Macs in the organisation that don't appear on our asset register, so we need to lock them down and secure them. The, the discussions are very much evolving to how do we allow people to have device choice, the device that they want to work on, the thing that makes them more productive, um, the thing that keeps them in our, in this organisation rather than going to another organisation where they're going to get the tools um, they get to work. And even from an engineering perspective, organisations realising that to keep developers in your organisation to build the tools you need for your customers, um, if you're slowing them down in being able to keep up with, you know, what's new and what's exciting in in their particular sphere of engineering or developing, they'll leave because if they end up being two, three, five years behind in technology, their career choices are going to be really limited. So they will make the choice to leave early and go somewhere where they are able to use modern tools, modern ways of doing things. And and seeing that real shift with organisations say, you know, move from the old no to one of the things I picked up from Apple Retail that I really loved was the idea of getting to yes, where looking at, you know, here's what you've asked for. We may not be able to deliver it in the way that you wanted, but how can we actually get to something that looks close to what you've what you've asked for or, or is in the spirit of what you've asked for rather than just the default being no? And yeah, that that's it, it's you know, it's Really, the part of my job that I love is seeing or helping organisations that are um, are wanting to be helped and are looking for looking for the right ways of doing things. Yeah, and that's such an amazing perspective to adopt. This I would characterize it perhaps as a yes and perspective. Yeah. You know how do we how do we how do we get to that yes that everyone's looking for? And I think it's something that we're hearing. You know that I hear a lot from folks in security as well. Like let's make IT, let's make security be real partners of the people who are trying to get their jobs done and and everyone can meet their needs together and we can all work collaboratively to get there. Look, I, I just a, love absolutely. That. Yeah. Security is, security is an enormous part of um, what I do and what organizations like Jamf do. You can't just have the device management. You've got to look after identity. You've got to look after security. You've got to integrate your own tools that manage that, work with other tools that manage that because, you know, organizations have found that if they have the brutal hammer of security comes down that's where you discover that the computer you've provided with your corporate security controls has ended up in a cupboard somewhere and people have, people will go and buy their own computer and use their own computer to to do their job and you either tailor your tools to bring them in and be comfortable doing what they do so you can then have that oversight detection telemetry as to what's going on or if you just block everything they'll go somewhere else and find some other way of doing things and then you know security's out the window yes totally so marcus we've we've talked about the the past your story how things have changed and the present i'm curious what your thoughts are on the future like you've been in this space for a while apple's talking about some fairly large shifts technologically on the on the MDM side, but not necessarily just uh, on the technical front. Like, how do you think that things will be evolving for Mac IT over the next, say, three to five years? 
Look, I remember a presentation I saw of Ed Marzak's at, um, at Maxis Admin in Gothenburg, I think it was 2013, where he was talking about predictions of the future and he was giving this parallel between all of the dystopian sci-fi movies. Look it up on the Maxis Admin side. It's like Ed's got costume changes, everything like that, a great presentation. But it was this idea that everybody always predicts this dystopian future and none of it ever comes comes true um so you know focus on what's happening now and looking at looking at where it goes like having said that um look this year for me especially with WWDC, i found really comforting in a way that you know we've had all these long-standing squabbles with apple about how things should be all of the challenges with mdm we saw over the last few years, declarative MDM, the move from kernel extensions to endpoint security APIs. And for me, this year was the year where it all, everything all sort of, it's like Apple started to reveal their their grand plan. So, you know, I'm really excited about what we're seeing with declarative MDM, not just what we see now and what, you know, the, the, MDM vendors are going to be able to implement in the short term, in the medium term. But I sort of think of it in trajectories where the trajectory Apple, we can see they're going in is really exciting where the possibilities of solving some of these problems, but in very elegant ways that won't impact on users, uh, the sort of functionality we see with, you know, the endpoint security APIs where we can focus on, detection and remediation rather than blocking and that idea that we can allow people to do what they need to do but actually get more control where rather than just straight blocking something with an MDM control and hoping that that means it's not happening to block but detect uh, and getting all of that information to, to be able to see has the, has the user or the threat actor tried to get around your controls? Is there somebody who's just butting up against your controls again and again and again? And so you can have, have some education with them about why that's not um, not allowed in this environment or why that's not working uh, and that sort of information. So like that, that sort of ongoing approach to, to managing devices and very sophisticated approach is something I'm I'm really excited about. So many of the things from a management perspective where, you know, uh, Tom, Tom on the podcast talks about the yucky brand Unix scripts where there are really complex scripting workflows you would have to do to achieve what an organisation needed to do is seeing that point of time on the horizon where we may not need to use as many of those um, janky scripts to try and get around the operating system, but the operating system bringing in the in those controls. So that that's sort of sort of where I'm at is um, you know as we get more and more focus on Apple devices in the enterprise, Apple providing those controls we we need to use, and real opportunities for you know vendors like Jamf, vendors like Fleet to to work with Apple and deliver um that sort of experience totally there's a lot of interesting stuff in the air and there's going to be a real collaboration between apple us vendors and the the mac admins and and ultimately the users of of these devices to see this all come to fruition and i'm very excited to see 
where all that goes. One, one of my favorite slides was in the declarative MDM uh, session, um, Cyrus Debu's um, session, where it was this slide showing um, Apple and the developers and engineers and administrators showing that effectively Apple saying all of this has come because we have actually been listening to you. So this idea that we're, you know, radar is this strange void that all of our feedback goes into and, you know, sometimes it's hard to feel like we're being listened to. But I, I, don't, I don't know about you, but me this year it was, okay, here, like Apple has been listening to us. They, you know, not necessarily providing the answers we'd hope to get, but providing different answers and, you know, it's a timeline of when we're going to start to see these answers, but very much for me an indication that all of that feedback we've been providing has been going in, has been getting processed, has been getting listened to. Um, so, yeah, that encourages me to continue providing um, honest feedback and useful feedback, actionable feedback. It is definitely encouraging. It's so cool to see. So, Marcus, I want to shift gears here a little bit. And, and while we've got you on the hot seat, the, uh, the opposite side of the table, if you will, from what you're used to on the Mac Admins podcast, I'd love to, you know, talk more about that and your involvement in the community and and what motivates you to engage with this community in the ways that you do? Um, yeah, good, good question. Uh, I, I suppose it comes from, you know, the, the, the feelings of imposter syndrome and the feeling of having managed to wrangle my way into a job that I was in no way qualified or experienced to do and, and trying to work out. So sitting in a school... Um, MDM, trying to work out how to deploy one-to-one -one iPads from a school, working with the vendors, but realising that there were a whole bunch of other schools around that were having the same sort of um, experience and, hey, why don't we all just meet up for lunch? And then the idea of, a hey, why don't we meet up regularly? And, and I remember at the time the principal of the school saying, look, just make sure you don't give away any of our intellectual property. And it was like, look, that's an interesting approach because we invented none of this. Um, you're thinking it about me giving away information. So that problem with the email that we had, that was the folks at Xavier that showed me what I needed to do to get that working. And the problem with our Wi-Fi, yeah, that was, um, you know, that was the folks at this university over here that showed me where I was going wrong. So, so many organisations have this mindset of a meetup is you giving away information, but the, the, the other side is what where the fun bit is. If people aren't sharing, then you're not able to to benefit from that. So so that sort of started the idea, you know, of a meetup group in 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 Melbourne, Australia, and you know, wandered around in education for a while, and then I I was over at uh, Mac IT um, in San Francisco and went to a MacBrain meetup there, and it was like, oh wow, this is this is fun. Um, it's not just five people, six people sitting around a, a table. So that sort of gave me a, a real feeling that I, I could do something here. And so that's where sort of Melbourne Apple admins started. It's the idea of a meetup group. And rather than just people sitting around a table, usually in a pub somewhere, realizing oh, that's maybe not as accessible to everyone to just show up at a pub and talk to people they've never met before, and so the idea of having it at a venue where it was sponsored with 
you know, food and drinks from vendors who always love doing that sort of thing, and then actually getting people to get up and present as to what they were doing. Um, you know, next thing you know, we've got a hundred people showing up to the meetups in Melbourne, and it was like, oh wow, this is fun. Um, getting involved in conferences, so you know, X World, the Australian Mac Admins Conference, which was run by Apple for many years. And in 2012, Apple stepped away and it became its own um, not-for-profit organisation um, and decided to get involved in that to sort of, um, you know, get people from outside of Melbourne. So, you know, helping helping compare and put together sessions and find speakers for that was, you know, really exciting for me. But it's that, that sort of whole idea of, if we all get better, the industry gets better. Um, you know, we're all smart enough to know how not to compromise ourselves commercially or put ourselves in positions where we might impact our, our job or our employer, whether that be working internally in an organisation or working for a vendor and, you know, a place where, you know, vendors can play nicely with each other. Um, it was something that the the, the founder of, of Jamf, Chip Pearson, I saw him in action at, at various conferences when um, in the early days of Jamf and just the way he approached other vendors as colleagues. Um, yet we'll compete out there in the marketplace, but we're, we're still colleagues. We're in the same industry. We, we can exist together and the industry is better off for it and we're all better off for it. And, and that really resonated with me. So, you know, so the only way I've been able to get where I am is because other people have showed me how by sharing freely. So, um, you know, I'm not the sort of person who can create open source software and share it with the community. So, you know, when the idea of a podcast came up, it was like, well, I can help amplify the voices of other people who are creating all of these amazing things. And that can be, that can be my bit that I, you know, I do for the community. So this sort of, idea that was sort of floating around in 2016 and then we get you know next thing we turn around and we're like hundreds of episodes many years later and apparently people still listen um has been confronting for all of us for, for for me definitely um but at the same time there's just this um sense of personal empowerment i get from sharing information with people um i love seeing other people on their journey as well so something at x world this year i think it had been a four or maybe a five-year break over covid there were you know a couple of remote versions that you know were great to have something but not quite the same and going along this year and the way i described it it's like the it was mostly the same group of people who came along but they were better dressed than they were last time. Um, people have moved into amazing enterprise roles, have furthered their career, and seeing seeing people, you know, I, I suppose it's a similar kind of trajectory to myself, is seeing people coming along being a, you know, a hardware technician that had just discovered that there's more to Apple devices than replacing screens and swapping RAM out and seeing them working in enterprise roles and, you know, creating, you know, amazing open source tools and sharing with the community. Um, I love that the, the Mac admin community has a place for people like that, you know, because we don't have master's degrees in being a Mac admin. 
but things like the Mac admin Slack, um, all of the conference and everything, that's kind of our own Mac admin university in a way. And it it is working. Like the rising tide is lifting everyone and, and this yeah. investment that that people like you are putting into this are making this field better for the newcomers, better for the people who've been around for a long time. And it's so deeply appreciated, I think, by everyone who works in this space. And, and certainly by me, I have a deep appreciation for people like you who came before me in this field and and helped not only trailblaze, you know, technical things and solutions and that kind of thing, but built a culture of sharing and of collaboration. It's just makes all of our lives so much better. So a, a huge thank you for that, Marcus, and to everyone it's, it's, else it's, out there. Yeah, it's lovely to hear that. And I really appreciate it. But it's, it's very strange to hear that because I very much feel like I have taken way more from the community that I've than I've given um, and I'm always looking for for things I can do to to help and amplify but also at the same time getting to that stage in life where it's like yep my body's telling me I need to slow down so you know I've done things like being in a position where I can step back from the meetups and there's a crew of people who are going to keep running them and they'll do it differently to the way I did but that's actually going to be a good thing um, and, you know, seeing the people who have been doing this for a lot longer than I have, who are still out there presenting, sharing, helping everything like that. I just, you know, I, I love that the, and, and all, this community exists and this, this job exists that's, that has a basis on, on that idea of sharing. And it's fascinating to see other places in the world, other communities in the world, even completely unrelated to tech where there is that culture, but then fascinating to see areas of tech, especially where that culture doesn't exist and just thinking, wow, how does, how does this even happen if, if people are not prepared to share and, you know, wants, want something in return um, for sharing because see, seeing how, it, like, I don't know what it is about the Apple community that, why this happened you know i'm sure there's lots of opinions and lots of reasons maybe it's a bit like you know earth and humanity existing at all that it's just some kind of strange interstellar accident but i love it that it's it's ended up this way my pet theory is that it has something to do with being the underdogs uh you yeah. know 10 15 years ago i i, yeah. I think that that's got to be part of it. And people realize that, that banding together uh, and being these, being these rebels together was, uh, was the thing to do. So uh, whatever it is, lucky us that we're here today. And, and yeah. again, imposter syndrome aside, it's thanks to folks like you who are making this community welcoming and, and keeping us evolving. So Marcus, I, I always like to wrap this up with, uh, with the question of where to find you out in the world, uh, where can folks find you online or or out at those meetups if you're still making it out or conferences? Uh, where should folks go to look for you? Well, I suppose the easiest place is the Mac Admin Slack. And, you know, my kids keep telling me, Dad, you shouldn't be using your actual name on social media. But I keep trying to explain to them the difference between, oh, this is professional social media. That's different. Um, so, you know, Marcus Ransom um, on, on Slack um haven't embraced mastodon yet um the bad place 
I haven't deleted my account, but hey, maybe by the time this podcast is released, that won't exist anymore. Probably, look, the Mac admin Slack, um, um, the Mac admin's podcast, um, you can listen to us every, every week um, are the main places. Um, the Mac admin's foundation um, has recently um, started putting together a list of meetups. Um, so here in Australia, I like to, I'm fortunate enough with my with my job at Jamf that I get to travel a lot around to the various meetups. I'm always keen to try and align a, a visit that I have to somewhere where there is a meetup and and actually get to see people in, in real life. But um, yeah, that's, I suppose, one of the problems is overexposure. Maybe it's a bit hard not to see me or hear me or, or listen to me. I'm sorry. I'm sorry for saying too much and, and being in too many places maybe you can't escape him well marcus thank you so much for coming on the show today and again for everything that you do in the community and out there we really appreciate you, for, you taking thank you for your having time. me thank you for having me on it was really lovely to get a um you know a request to come, come on someone else's podcast for a change and you know and you know thank you to you yourself for you know creating amazing tools um you know, creating tools with the approach that you have, creating organisations that that embrace that way of way of doing things, and you know, and and talking about it with the community, and and you know, being the hype man for the community as well, because you know, it's you know, communities don't exist without people um, promoting them. So thank you as well, Zach. Thank you, thank you.